Welcome to this Property Life podcast. I'm Sarah Blaney and today I'm joined by Ken Riley, who juggles a very busy military career with property investment and family life. We'll be talking about the infamous shiny penny syndrome and the importance of clarity and play into your strengths. Ken is definitely an inspiration to new investors. Let's hear from him now on how the last three years have been and what he's learned along the way. Everybody, this is Sarah Blaney hosting today's episode of This Property Life, and I'm joined by Ken Riley, a rather tenacious property investor uh, based up in York currently. Ken, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for the invite, Sarah. How are you today? Yeah, very well. Uh, busy, but you know, it's a good problem to have, right? It is, yeah. And you know, we were talking um, offline a bit earlier about just how busy life is um because you've just recently moved is that right yeah i just moved to york in june so during you know refurb and during half term um and you know on promotion is also yeah but just recently moved here um three months ago fantastic which is always a pretty stressful time i remember when we moved house four years ago we were um also buying the hotel um so understand the pressures and the stress and the, the challenges yeah. of that. Um, so you've been in, best in, in property for what, about seriously for about three years, is that right? Yeah, properly for about three years. I think I'd done my weekend course with you guys, I think back in September, September 20. Um, I had one property before that that I bought 2007. So, you know, I'd I thought I knew it all, you know, back in back then, and you know, because I had the one property, right? I know I was yeah. a property investor, um, but yeah, property for for three years. Yeah, so it was a long time between um, houses back in the early days. Yeah, yeah, I, I had a couple of failed purchases because you know, just because of markets crashes or 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 because of funds that we'd saved and then we'd lost, you know, doing it the the only way we knew about then is which was save and deposit save 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 and then buy but but yeah so um back then we only had the one and then tripped across the uh training online and and then you know for the last three years been doing it completely differently so what made you start in the first place i mean what made you go on that three-day course and then you know go actually this is what i'm gonna do um it was a little bit of a shell shock so there's there's a critical stage in our in my career um obviously because i'm still serving in the military that i've done a i've done a course round about my 13 14 year points so i've done 21 years now so then at my 18 year point i said to the wife um that course we'd done back in uk that was five years ago and she's like oh my god it's just gone so quick and i said yeah we've got five years left so how that how that time has passed now that's how the next five years is going to pass and it kind of just gives a little reality check. And all my kind of like um, friends who were in the military were all doing degrees in engineering because I'm a I'm an engineer, so they're all doing degrees or masters. So I was just gonna, you know, do what most of us do in life and just be a sheep and go along with the ride because that's what everyone else is doing, and I didn't want to fail, right? So it was quite a lot of money to invest, and I just said to the wife, you know do I want to be that horrible person to be around, you know, again, you know, cause I just done a H and D in engineering, which took me two years and I wasn't pleasant to be around cause it was quite stressful. Um, you know, is this the right thing for me, you know, to set myself up for when I'm out of the military? So we looked at alternative options and she just said, you know, what do you love? 
I said, well, military, ball, uh, sorry, uh, property, but I haven't got enough money to do that. Mm. And then we moved back to UK, so we, we took quite a substantial pay cut. So I had to find something. And um, you know what the algorithms are like on social media. You know, I just I think I just must have typed something in, and then before I knew it, I was just flooded with all these courses. And I, I tripped across um, one of caroline's inspiring little energetic videos as pretty much all of us as and you know i clicked on it done the done the done an evening i'll be honest i kind of played lip surface to it you know i listened to it in the i think i was in the bath and i had it on the laptop on a, on a bench and i was just like you know it's not going to tell me anything i don't want to know right i've, I've got one property what are they going to tell me and i was like okay there's you know there's something there so then it's i joined there. yeah so then i joined the I joined the the um, the crash course. I can't remember what you call it. Sorry, the the weekend course. Yeah. Um, and my head was just on fire. Like the first night, I was just, you know, just kind of like thinking of all the possibilities and you know what can I do. Like the wife had to stroke my face to get me to sleep because I just I just couldn't I just couldn't switch off. And every like to oh we can do this, oh, you know, because I've now got you know like six hours worth of more knowledge I didn't have before. So again. Now I was like even more of an expert, but yeah, I just I, I, in the end I just had to get a notebook and start writing everything down on the notes I'd already created. So yeah, that was the the first critical you know action um, and the reason why you know we came around to to looking at that. So I mean, you know, it's been for well, three years, um, and I know that you've worked your absolute tush off. You've worked really, really <laughs> hard. Obviously, you know, you family man got a career um which you know has gone really well and you've got promotion recently and yet you're still out there really pulling the hard yards in property as well so um you know whereabouts are you investing at the moment so we're investing in hull and northeast lincolnshire it's kind of like close to home um it wasn't like that at the start um i probably was investing in half of the uk at the start um which is why it took me a long time to get started you know they they call it the the shiny pin penny syndrome well i was i was chasing a pocket full of pennies you know i was telling everyone i'm investing in liverpool south wales hull uh, manchester and you know i wasn't investing in anywhere because i was i didn't have a clue about any of these areas i kind of skipped all the due diligence because i was just like no it's not important you know and i just you know just wanted to get out there and look at properties so i was just doing it all wrong even though i'd been through the training you know i just kind of try to take sure short... yeah just got you know and um yeah in the end you know i had to do a little hard look at myself and say right you've you know you've invested in this you know you need to just do the training even though it's long and stuff you need to just go through the channels there's no shortcuts and um yeah and just be truthful with myself and give my I've done a little bit of self-reflection and self-assessment and just said, right, you know, if you know your area inside, like, like hometown, you know, what do you grade yourself? So I was just, must, just done some self-assessment and then realised, right, you can't invest in all these areas. Just start with one and build your, build your way up. So, yeah, so just the two areas now. Um, started off with my hometown in northeast Lincolnshire. And then now we've moved to Hull as well. Yeah, I think that's um, a really valid point for anyone starting out because... Um, you know, there are a lot of opportunities and we feel like there's a lot of opportunities out there and that shiny penny syndrome can be one of the biggest distractions um, ever. You know, as soon as you start, um, and like, you know, I think we're all guilty of this at some point, as 
soon as you start looking at property, you're not only looking at all the different areas, but suddenly you're seeing, um, you know, trading strategies outside of property everywhere as well. And you're like, oh, business idea here. I've got this idea. Oh, someone's mentioned this to me. Um, and, and it can be such a huge distraction, can't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So how do you cope with something like that? Because you've said you've um, had to talking to. To be honest, um, I'm one of those very probably weird people that I just I just um, I missed the I missed the question. Sorry, what did you say? So how, do, how do I manage how, with the distractions? Yeah, how do you yeah, do so that? I, I didn't at the start. I was going to answer a different question there that you didn't even ask. So I, I didn't at the start, but then I think it was just from the the self assessment, and I'm I'm extremely critical with myself. You know, I, I do self assessment so I can always build and be better. You know, so but once I think I'd done that that hard stop and trying to do everything everywhere, I just focused on one thing, which was buy to let's in my in my home area and then once you know i'd done a couple of them i you know i was like oh, okay i know what i'm doing um i then you know looked started looking at hmos and then once i've done a couple of them i started looking in different areas so yeah i just think it's you know it's just key at looking at your own your own path um and you know not not i mean social media is really bad for it is everyone's always looking at some what everybody else is doing and you know then they're like, okay well you know, I'm doing buy to let sport. You know, Sarah's doing essays in the hotel. Well, that looks good. I'll have a piece of that. There's only a video that I watched the other day from, um, you know, a good friend of mine that's, you know, a few years ahead of me. That, and uh, he kind of hit the nail on the head that in property investing, people look at what other people are doing, just think, oh, I'll do a bit of that. But it's a complete change of your business plan. And yeah. people don't look at it like that. They just think, oh, I'll just do a bit of essay. But they don't realise that it is a complete change. It hasn't got the same systems. It hasn't got the same processes. You need to look at it completely different. And it will take up different time, energies, and, you know, all that kind of other stuff. But, you know, you know that backroom stuff that nobody sees, it's just it's, it's completely different, you know, way. So I just, you know, I just looked at it and just thought, you know, what time do I have? What time can I invest? You know, and you know, I'm still in the army for another three years. You know, and realistically, this this is what pays a mortgage. I just need to have a balance. You know, so if I allow distraction to come in, then at some stage I'm going to burn out. Um, so yeah, I just you know, just stick to my swim lanes, as I say. I, there, there are other strategies. You know, there's loads of strategies that I'm training myself on. So when I'm out in three years, you know, I'm up to scratch and. Um, but at this stage, you know, th it's just two strategies that I'm focusing on. Yeah, so a nice, clear strategy and um, and your goals strategy then leads you to your area and then you've got your property at the end of that. So, I mean, that leads us on. One, one question that I love to, to ask all our guests is, um, what are the three key behaviours that you think are really important for a property investor? Um, I, I mean, these have changed, you know, dramatically for me over the last three years. If you'd asked me three years ago, it'd have been like action, action, action. But three years ago, I was working a lot harder than I am now. And I don't know sometimes how I fit it all in now. But back then, I was a complete busy fool. You know, I mean, I was probably doing, this isn't even an exaggeration, probably doing 40, 50 viewings a week. Um, no, yeah. 860 yeah sometimes no sorry that is five six no sorry a month 40 50 a month sorry 
So, I, you know, I'd go up to Hull and I'd do, you know, four to five. And then I'd get back and then I'd do all the due diligence and then realise it didn't work. And I'm like, okay, why? I've just gone all that way. Um, but now, you know, I've got a much different, you know, mindset. I work a lot more efficient. So I think the three key behaviours for me, you know, consistency, just have a few KPIs, do them very well, rather than trying to do, you know, everything mediocre. You know, yes. I was trying to do too much. And when I'd done the self-assessment, I was probably, you know, a three or a four at best at everything. So I just do less. And now I'm a, you know, an eight to 10 on the, the few things that I do do. Um, honesty, you know, there's so many BSs in this area who got, you know, 100 properties. They've done that, you know, they're, they're doing developments and all that. And you, you know them and you see them posting stuff and you know they haven't even got one bite or less. I just think, honestly, you know, the reason we create and record this story is so we're investable and likable, right? Um, if, you know, if, if there's people out there that are looking for investment, starting that relationship with, you know, a bit of BS or, you know, it's just not the way. So always honest. And if if that relationship or that you're trying to, trying to create, if it's with a, a land agent, an estate agent, you know, planning consultant, you know, an investor, if it doesn't work, then it just saves an argument later down the road. You know, there's other people out there that can do that test. So honesty for me is absolutely key. It's, you know, it's one of the key fundamentals of, of our military life. And then obviously I think this last one is, um, it, it, it probably goes without saying, but I wasn't true to it at the start, is just be yourself. You know, I was buying bloody leather filofax and tipping up and bloody wearing the chinos to go to the agents because, you know, I was an investor. I needed to look the part. I was printing out business cards that, you know, I was trying to design websites that I didn't have a clue about. I don't do any of that now, you know, because it's not me. And you can just see through it because you can see that, that awkwardness and as soon as you're not confident and you're awkward you're not believable and if you're not believable even though you might not might not be lying or being the truth there's that integrity question with the person that you're talking to so you might, as well, you might as well not do it anyway so being real is probably the first one I should have mentioned that one first but I want to save it till the end so yeah, yeah I think they're my three key yeah and you know what I think you've hit the nail on the head there because um property is such a people business uh, people yeah. think it is just you go and look at property, analyze it, go and buy it, and it's done. And it it really isn't. At no. every step of the way, you've got to build good relationships with people. So you know that that talking to people, being um, your genuine self, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I think I think, I think that right. I, sorry, sorry. I think that um, yeah, like being yourself. So like day to day in my job I have loads of like um empathy and compassion so I see people you know on property forums all the time oh my tenants told me this and they told me that can they do that you know do I have to do that and I was thinking do you need this question do you need to know what the law is you know just have a bit of empathy so you know I've had a tenant that split with his missus moved into one of my rooms four weeks later saying look she's having a breakdown can i need i need to get out my tenancy agreement you know i didn't have to let him out but you know the right thing to do would be to let him out so it's back to that you know being real be yourself you know that that follows through and it, let's face it if you've created a good product then people you, you'll fill it tomorrow anyway you know which is another reason why i let him out but you know the the people thing there i mean i have people who i don't even know now contacting me on facebook have you got any rooms have you got any houses or 
people on the local Facebook pages, you know, singing my praises because they've just moved out and I've been over fair and lenient with them and stuff. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I just think you just got to be fair. You know, some of these, you know, some of these people and stuff, you know, are just treated unfairly from a lot of rogue landlords. And I just don't want to be known as one of those. So it's, yeah. I think, yeah, I think I, I share that ethic with you massively. And I think we do have, um, you know, a, a duty to to bring up the name of the landlord and to to act as human beings essentially and mm. um, yeah, so definitely. yes it's a business for us and it has to work for us but that empathy level that you spoke about is really key and you know i think it's something that that you can you can show many times and it still be a win-win for everybody yeah of course yeah so at the moment you're investing up in um north links and in Hull, and you're looking at buy to lets and HMOs, is that right? It is, but, but now you've just said it out loud, I've just realised that I'm probably going to contradict myself. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I have a I have a buy to let that I've had in my portfolio um, since 2007. That was the the first one I bought as an amateur. So we've just finished a HMO. Um, development um probably when did we finish it march april june we just finished it in june um and the responses we got was just incredible you know it's just a, a three bedroom so we've just done a three bedroom to try and test this new area um there's quite a few big four bed victorian houses you know around kind of like the 250 mark and you know 150 kind of development costs but rather than jumping in both feet first and you know 400k development we've, we've just bought a cheap little place and tested it you know it's very very cheap and affordable to do and the the stand the the way we've configured it if it didn't work it'd been quite easy to then put it back as a buy to let for our second exit and the third exit being a flip so we've we've done that as a test and it's just it's just blown us away with the response. I mean, it's three bedrooms, and I think we had, I think, at the at the time of Point Alive, over forty five applications, and for for three rooms. And I mean, this is in the place where there's no big employers, there's no university, so HMOs wouldn't work, right? Well, that's what everyone said, but I was like, I know they will work because my brother used to live in the only one in this town, and it was horrible, and he had a list longer than his arm. So I'm like, if I make a nice one. Surely people are going to want to live in it, right? Um, yeah, so we, we're basically turning this buy to let that we've just had, you know, probably the best tenant that we'll ever get. She was outstanding. We've just had her move out. So we're turning that now from a three bed buy to let into a four bed HMO. <laughs> However, it's, I'm going to contradict myself with how do you not get distracted? We're also doing an assisted sale in Manchester. <laughs> so Manchester is not my area, but um it's it's very low risk you know we obviously we've we've got no purchase costs um and it's just a sale for those listeners that don't know what it is you you agree a purchase price you don't buy it for that you know that's what goes to the the owner you go and you do a refurb and then you sell it and you get the difference the way we've built the contract it is very safe for myself um but also fair for them so we've agreed that they will get X and, you know, I will get Y. However, if it sells over Z, we will split the difference. But if yeah. it sells if it sells for A, then we'll adjust their purchase price. So it's, it's very safe for myself. 
Um, and and how did that come about, Ken? I mean, because, uh, you know, assisted sales are a lovely strategy. Uh, yeah. And, and even more so, I guess, in, in today's market. So how did you get that? So it, it, I saw somebody from the PWS network um, asking for help and advice. So I reached out to him to help him and said, look, what is it? I said, at the minute, I've got more money than deals. You know, I've got investors at the minute, kind of like, when's the next one and when's the next one? I said, so if it's some, something I can help with, you know, and um, and then she just told me, told me this story. And, um, yeah, essentially, they bought it as a long-term flip um, to do it up and then live in it for a few years and then to sell it at a profit. Um, and this couple just got stung by a road builder. Um, so they lost out on quite a bit of money. And then there was health issues. So, essentially, they just wanted rid, you know, priorities changed then. So I've just gone in to, to help um but not willing to take the risk on you know builders and all that due diligence so it's two hours from me but i'm just my you know i've got a decent build team now that's taken a long time to figure them out we're just going to take them all up i've created a schedule of work so i'm just going to take the whole build team up put them up in hotels they're, they're loving the idea actually they're like okay you put us up in hotels i'm like yep but you're paying for that yep but you're paying for a lot of food yep but yeah 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 we're coming <laughs> so um yeah, so it's that's how it came about. Um, I mean, it, it's it's quite being a genuine person and talking to someone and keeping yeah, it's just a conversation. You know. I went, I've been up there, I've looked at it, I've cost it, um, confirmed cost. So yeah, that's how it came about. Essentially, I wouldn't normally do this, but it's because it's somebody from the network. You know, somebody that I, you know, feel like I can trust. That you know, yeah. there's a very bullet point con bullet proof contract there. Um, the all my trades are willing to come if you know if, if there was a no to any of those i wouldn't have done it because it's not my area essentially i've sent a few a couple of videos because we'll always have a videographer before and after each of our projects so i've sent them to a local agent who sold the house originally so he knows the property and i said look if i was to do this house to this standard in this area what do you think that you know the done up by will be so we've confirmed that with him already so we've you know so it's it, it's it's very safe um yeah so ken i mean you have i think you've achieved an awful lot in three years you know i think you, your um your profile you've you raised it massively you've managed to get some great investment from um other people and you know you've really put your boots on the ground and worked hard and, and, and seeing the, the fruits of that now. But if you were to um, give some advice to yourself from three years ago and, um, you know, what you know now, what would you wish you would have known at the beginning? How could it have changed the way things have panned out? Before the education? Yeah, or just as you're starting, um, you know, okay. in that property career path in earnest, um, you yeah, know, what yeah. would you have done differently then that you know how to do now? Yeah, I, I think, so if we went all the way back to when, you know, Amateur, when I bought my first one, um, leverage, leverage and, you know, ways of funding and money. I, I think, you know, maybe five or six years, I had a bit of advice, but, you know, I was, I was young, you know, I was early 20s and somebody told me the whole interest only piece and how you can leverage that. And it just didn't make sense because it's not the way I've been brought up. And, you know, my mum and dad always, oh, pay your mortgage off. You, you know, you'll end up paying three, four times for your house with interest. So it just didn't make sense. And because it was alien to me, you know, if we don't understand something, it must be wrong, right? Mm. So I think, you know, that would be the key thing was 
leveraging other people's money you know back in 2007 when i bought my first one um at the start of you know my journey with pws and getting educated definitely distraction you know do the things that you could do and do them well and then try and become you know a master of them because you're building on your own on your own qualities right um websites and stuff you know i thought it was really important for credibility and stuff i don't you know i built what i thought was a great one and then it fell off because you know i'm so naive to all this sort of thing i, I didn't pay for the domain so i spent all this time, agony and stuff he was asking me questions i didn't understand and now it doesn't even exist and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you know i try to create um the investor document um at the start and you know i used it you know in but then, um, you know, spelling and grammar is sometimes the way I work stuff. I'd send it to people and they'd pick it up. But then the investment never came. And I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm really good talking. I'm really good at being put in difficult situations and handling it well. Because, you know, the military, it's not something that you can fail on. You know, if it's not going to work, you just have to make it work somehow. So I'm pretty good at being in, you know, difficult, you know, situations or being asked difficult questions. So... In the end, I just, you know, stopped doing the things that I wasn't good at. Not because I'm not self-developing. You know, I did do the things that I thought were key and I needed to get better with. But if there was another way of achieving the same aim, essentially, I can still do this, but do it my way, then that's what I focused on. So, you know, I'd start taking investors out for lunch because then I can just have that conversation. And that appealed to them better than rather than reading a seven-page document. Um, so, I, you know, I just looked at, right, how can I achieve this aim but using the strengths I have? um yeah so i think you know if you're just getting started look at the strengths you have write all the things you want to achieve down and then manipulate them as you move forward in your business you can then introduce stuff as you get as you get going but if you're trying to take all these things that naturally you're not good at so you, you know you're not very good at it but now you're putting so much pressure on yourself for doing this it work you're just going to feel so down and not not confident so if you ever talk to anybody i just think it's you're not putting yourself in the best light um so yeah so that's it but it took me you know i'm saying this now it took me a good seven months to you know to do that you know point yeah, yeah. And you use um social media to attract investment yeah yeah definitely so um facebook is probably my main one um so i i use it that's i use it not only to attract investment but also to log my story because i think it's it's also important to look how far we've come um you know i set a i set a financial freedom uh, um, number back then when caroline like set a number set a number and i was like well if i can just replace my wage um so i think my my number was um i think it's like three thousand i'm looking at that number now like we've far surpassed that um I'm looking at that number and I'm like, what was I thinking back then? Three grand. But to be honest with you, Sarah, when I set that number, I didn't honestly think I could achieve. I'm like, oh, three grand. How am I going to get three grand out of property in the next, in the next like five years? That's you know, two hundred and fifty pound of property. That's twelve properties. I'm not going to have enough money. They think somebody's going to give me money. I'm the only one in my family with money. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. So the um, so you had to come over overcome quite a lot of um, yeah mindset. yeah. I had to overcome a lot, change my mindset. You know, I, I never had a negative mindset, but I had doubts what I was being told that, you know, people are going to give me money. And the interesting thing is a lot of the people I thought had money 
wasn't interested in what I was doing. And people that I didn't realize had money, I know you guys say it all the time, had money. And people that I thought were friends on Facebook just to be nosy and didn't even like me have invested. So, you know, it's it, it, it's just funny how... You don't how... know where they're going to come from, do you? They're lurking. No, you they're don't know. Them. You don't know. I mean, somebody contacted me and said, Ken, I've got five properties. I've seen what you're doing. I don't know how you're doing the volume that you're doing um, in this current market. You know, can we sit down? I was like, yeah, I'll take you for lunch. Take for lunch. Now, and again, there's a valuable lesson that I learned that um, it's probably worth mentioning now. You know, I, I kind of like probably interview is not the right word, but, you know, I'll say interview the investors because I turn investors away now because I nearly lost two deals. Um, one was a HMO in Hull and another one was a buy to let that we've um, turning into a HMO because of one investor like he's in he's in he's in and then last minute pulls the plug um mm. and on the first deal it was we had money tied up with another deal we had about 90k tied up with another deal so we was reliant on this twenty five thousand from him and he pulled out with a week to go now this was during a extremely challenging time of my career where you know i was managing and looking after a widow i was organizing multiple exercises as a way doing commissioning process which is like a three-day intensive course and then got told <laughs> there's not enough money and my solicitors was contacting me 48 hours before saying still good for the ride the money mr Riley, on this day i was like yeah yeah no problem no problem and it just really it, it just made me realize that you know i'm at a stage now where i can be a lot more selective yeah. so now i just take people out for lunch take them for a coffee and I say to them, you know, bring your wife with you because essentially what I think went wrong is this investor tried to explain to his wife what I told him and got it all wrong. And there were so many, you know, what is blocker on? Yeah. And, you know, if I'd have been there and answered them, I mean, I, I said to this wife, you know, to this investor, I said, I want you to think of as many reasons and reasons not to invest in me and challenge me, ask me them all. And then when I answer it, then say, so what about this? And what if this? And just keep saying, what if, what, what if? Until, and I said, I want you to not invest. I want you to find a reason not to invest. And I just challenge them because every every property that I will look at, um, I'll always have four exits sort of thing on the, on the, you know, so kind of just in case something happens. And the, the final exit is to, to sell it 20% below the market value of that I've done the due diligence on to say, yeah, it's going to be worth 200K. Well, if I was to sell it, you know, at 20% below that price, 160, this is the due diligence I've got. You, you are still going to get your money back at that price, you know. So that's the level I go to to satisfy myself that I know it's pretty bullet point. So if there is a crash or something, you know, if there's a really bad crash, I'm pretty confident it can pay off all you know, I've got money tied up in other deals or equity that I could pull on that. I'm not going to leave myself in too much of a in a stretch. Yeah. So. And obviously you be, you're at that position now that you have done that hard yards of major viewings every week, you know, <laughs> 40 or 50 a month. And, and, you know, I think every investor that has got traction has to has to have had to have done that. Um, it's yeah. like a yeah. rapid passage and it's such a massive learning curve as you go through. So, you know, you are now at the stage and, you know, you're, you're still only three years in where, you know, you've, you've achieved so much and you've got such a great system in place. Playing to your strengths is the best thing I think you could have ever have done. 
But you are now, what, three or four years of coming out of the military? Uh, yeah, three years to go. Three years to go. So what does the future hold? I mean, you know, we've spoken about the shiny penny syndrome of property, but, you know, in three years' time when you have, um, you know, potentially a lot more time. Oh, he's disappeared. Kenny, Sorry, no, I, got, I had to cut somebody off. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so, yeah, in three years' time when you've potentially got a lot more time, um, you know, at, at your disposal, what are you going to do and where do you think your future opportunities lie? Yeah, so it'll, it'll definitely be full-time property, but then we'll start scaling um, scaling and doing other options. So the other options are SA hotels and land developments. Right now, we don't have the time or to do that. Um, it, some people do this as a partnership. My wife's got a, a, an extremely stressful job working with special, special needs children as well. So she did start off helping me, and then it, just, it was too much for her. So it, it is just me, so we don't have the time to take on them businesses you know it's not just a property it's a business right now um but that that's definitely what the future will hold i, I almost um got an 11 bed what came with a free parcel of land so even though it wasn't you know the it was the 11 bed <laughs> even though it wasn't my strategy i'm like oh well the fact that the land's coming for free i could yeah. maybe have a dabble with that you know because uh, you know if i you know if i get it 80 or 100k wrong you know that 80, 100K mistake, it's it's just paid for the land. So, you know, I was playing with the idea of maybe, but, you know, I, was, I wasn't successful, which it, I'm going to say has never bothered me to this date of not getting a deal. When I didn't get that deal, I was like an absolute baby. You know, I was on holiday. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was quite, we had money tied up with another deal and we've got one going through. So we had quite a lot of funds tied up. So I didn't think we could do it, but you know we managed to raise. Well, I managed to raise 450k whilst on holiday in five days, um, and then I didn't win it. So you know I kind of threw my teddy bear out of the pram. Um, yeah, well I think if there's one thing I know it's that um, that there's plenty of deals and they will always come around, but there are some that always hit you a little bit harder. Um, no, yeah. So just before we um, finish up, Ken, because it has been um, lovely chatting to you, I always just like to find out what our um, our guests on the podcast are reading or listening to at the moment. Are you um, an avid self-development book person? Um, I have been prior to moving here. Um, so I'm reading at the minute Rich Dad, Poor Dad for the second time. Yeah. Um, I'm reading the Will Smith autobiography as well. Yes. Um, have I you read it? I, I, I have read um, the Will Smith book probably, oh, like four or five times. Um, and then obviously he did what he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So I started reading And I was a bit like, oh, I'm a bit disappointed in you, Will. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, and then I think just, there's some great messages still in there. I think in terms of work ethic, yeah, um, and I was just just on that one as well. I was listening or watching one of the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger um, series, and yeah. again that work ethic that comes through um, in a different way. But yeah, I think that's that's the thing that for me is outstanding. But yeah, a great book. I love it. Yeah. I've just finished um, Eat That Frog audio, um, Seven Habits of uh, Highly Effective People audiobook. But I've stopped listening to audiobooks because I realise I'm not a very good driver. 
when I'm doing audiobooks. The amount of times I have to apologize to people when driving. I'm, oh, sorry, my fault, because I'm like, oh, and I'm making a mental note, but then I go into my own little space and then probably end up pulling yeah, out. Dangerous times. But, that, but again, that's just me because I'm so busy and trying to probably be too efficient with time and fit it all in. Yes, yeah, so I don't, I, I don't, I, I listen to audiobooks just when I'm walking the dogs and stuff, not when I'm driving on these long journeys everywhere. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking um, the time out of your busy schedule today to chat just about your property life, really. Um, it's been an amazing thing. Um, if people want to get in contact with you, Ken, how is the best way? Uh, either on Facebook or, or through the Property Wealth System uh, network. I, I think you'll probably see there's always people posing questions on there. I'm quite active. I've done quite a bit now. I don't know it all, but you know I'm quite active with other investors. So I mean, I helped somebody last night with a difficult mortgage question. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, if I know the answer, you know, I was asking people ahead of me and I like to help people that are, you know, at that three year, at that start stage, you know, where I was three years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And um, I'll let you back on with your your week and uh, we will hopefully chat to you soon. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, all the best. Sarah. Thank you. Thank you.